Good morning, everyone. Hey, Steve, is everyone out coming in, are they? Round them up for me. We have to round everyone up these days, don't we? Good morning. So good morning everyone. Welcome to our service this morning. Um, today is a terrible day. A terrible day for me anyway, and my wife, and most of the kids around here, because it's our last day of holidays. Oh, isn't that terrible? Some of you who haven't had holidays are like, oh yeah, good idea. But for some of us, um, I love school holidays. People give me a hard time about being a teacher and having all these holidays. And I say, yes, I love my holidays and I never <laughs> answer back. But I love my holidays, and I love having that time of rest, that time of recovery, that time of turning off and going off and doing the things that I love to do. And uh, today we're going to hear from Psalm 62 about rest. Today we're going to hear about the rest that God gives us, which is much better than our holidays, which is much better than a couple of weeks off from school. And when I think of that, I actually, um, this rest, when I think of rest, and, and I always think of peace as well. And one of the cool things about living in Ethiopia is their greetings. And their greetings can go on for three or four or five minutes, depending on how long you want to spend with them and, and how friendly you are with them. And they always ask you, how are your, is your health? How is your family? How is your work? And then they ask you that again. But they also say to you, do you have peace? Or well, they always also say to you, uh, you know, may you have peace. And they pass the peace to you. And it reminds me of um, passing the peace um, in our service. And I remember for many years uh, in the Anglican Church going through the prayer book and passing the peace. So this morning I thought to start the service, to, to begin the service, we're going to greet each other. And we're going to pass the peace. And so some of you will remember what to say. So I'm going to say, we are the body of Christ. And you guys are going to reply, his spirit is with us. And I'm going to say, the peace of the Lord be always with you. And you're going to say, and also with you. And then I want you to turn around and you can either COVID friendly elbow or you can greet or nod or smile. But I want you to say good morning to the people around you. And if you would like to pass the peace and say to the people near you, peace be with you. Um, I'm sure they'll be blessed by that. So, everyone stand up. Everyone stand up. So we are the body of Christ. Spirit is with us. The peace of the Lord be always with you. So off you go. Turn around, say good morning, and say peace be with you. Okay, well done. There's enough of that. 
We can do more of that afterwards in coffee. Thank you for joining in that. Um, please stay standing. This morning we're going to open our service with singing Praise My Soul, The King of Heaven. Let's stand and sing. stay standing and we're going to say a thanksgiving prayer together. Almighty God, the merciful Father, we give you humble and hearty thanks for all your goodness and loving kindness to us and to all people. We praise you for creating and sustaining us and for all the blessings of this life. But above all, for your amazing love in redeeming the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, giving us grace and the hope of glory. 
thankful and may praise you, not only with our lips, but in our lives, by serving you in holy and righteous ways. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be all honour and glory, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. Once again, I'd like to welcome you all to our service this morning. It's such a blessing uh, to have you all here with us this morning. Um, a reminder that there's no uh, uh, kids' church today, no crash, um, but we do have clipboards. If you've got kids and there's clipboards out on the table, if you didn't grab one, they can run out and grab one now. Or there's a play area down the back there um, for kids and adults. If you'd like to get down on the ground and play, you're more than welcome to do that during the service. Um, also, as you came in, you would have been given a, a leaflet here. In this leaflet, there's a whole bunch of information about what's going and what's happening. Uh, happening. There's an outline of your sermon there. Um, there's also a little tear-off slip. Uh, the church would love to hear from you um, if you're new. Put your name on that and some contact details. If you'd like to be contacted by someone in the church or have something that you'd like uh, prayer for or to give thanks for, um, then you can fill that in and put that in the everything box just outside the door there. Um, toilets are down the back there, um, big orange door if you're new here. And uh, we also love you all to stay after the service uh, today to catch up and get to know you and to uh, share more peace um, and uh, get to know you and uh, have a coffee or a tea and a biscuit and, and hang out and fellowship together. So everyone's welcome to stay after the service today. Being an ex-CMSer, I love to promote CMS and I love to promote our missionaries. Um, a reminder that out on the table out there, there's a whole bunch of information from CMS. Um, and we also have our little prayer cards or partnership cards for the three uh, families that we support and, uh, regularly as a church. A reminder that we have Frances Cook um, and she uh, was here recently. Uh, we have the Davises in Tanzania and we have the Rowe family in South Africa. Okay, and today we've got a little bit of a catch up from the Rowe family. We have a video um, that we're going to watch right now uh, from the Rowe family. Hey there, we'd love to introduce you to some of our senior students at GWC. Uh, earlier today I went and asked just four of my Bachelor of Theology students uh, what they're uh, thinking about and preparing for in 2020. So the first student is Sophie. She comes from England and she has actually come to college here in South Africa because she's passionate about serving gospel ministry in hard places such as the Crime Riddle Cape Flats area where she's actually been serving in church-based ministry for a couple of years now. Uh, then we have Senai from South Sudan, and Senai is just really passionate about helping the church to see that ministry is more than just what happens on a Sunday. Next you'll meet Christy. Now, when you hear her, she actually sounds American, but interestingly enough, she's not. Um, but she has spent nearly her whole life living in Niger with her missionary family, reaching out to Muslims. Uh, and then finally, um, uh, we've got Claymore from Zambia, and uh, Claymore actually used to be a plumber. And so you never guess who the college boys asked 
to uh, come and unblock all the blocked sewers and drains in the very old buildings around the college. Uh, but he's a really great guy and he doesn't complain. <laughs> anyway, we'll let them tell you what the Lord has put on their hearts for ministry for next year. Uh, hi, uh, this is Mike here at GWC with some of the uh, second, third year students. So I'm just going to ask them to say uh, what their name is and what they're planning on doing next year. Hi, I'm Sophie. Um, I'm going to be here next year to finish my third year. I've got some modules that I need to complete, so I'll be around for a bit longer. Cool, thank you. Hi, I'm Samet, so I'm planning to continue my studies um, doing uh, honours next year. And what will be your honours in? I'll be doing uh, my honours of the New Testament, looking at clearly in first grade in chapter 4. First Corinthians chapter 4. Yeah. Wonderful. Hi, I'm Christy, and next year I'll be working in KZN while studying my honours and masters in biblical counselling. Wonderful. Hi, my name is Claymore. Next year I'll be doing my honours, and I want to major in missions, church planting. Wonderful. And so hopefully your wife, Betty, will be able to join you next year. Yes, we are praying that she'll be here next year. <laughs> we are praying that she'll be here next year. Okay, uh, thanks everyone. Bye. Join us in praying for our students that the Lord would prepare them for the good works that he has prepared for them to walk in. So my challenge for you is to firstly if you haven't already done so, as you leave today, grab the rose card. Or the Davises or Francis's. And I want you to pray uh, whether you feel that God's calling you to partner with them in their ministry overseas. An incredible multiplying ministry where they get to minister to these amazing people and then they go out into the world and share God's word with hundreds and thousands of people. They could be training the next incredible evangelist that saves millions of people. You never know. An incredible ministry they're involved in in South Africa. So the first thing is to pick up their card. Second thing is to pray about whether you would like to partner with them. And in doing that, you can either click on the little, uh, there's a little code here, or you can go onto the website and you can get their prayer points, their regular prayer points. So would you be willing to pray for them? Would you be willing to spend some time uh, monthly or weekly or daily even praying for them? It's such a blessing for us to know that there was people back in Australia praying for us each and every day. And the other last thing is, would you be willing to support them financially? Would you be willing to sign up and give, a regular, give regularly to their ministry to help them stay there, to help CMS support them in all the ministries that they do as well? So I just want to challenge you to, first of all, grab one of their cards and see where that leads you. Thank you. We're going to sing again. So let's all stand and we're going to sing Jesus Strong and Kind. Let's stand.
When someone greets you these days and says hello to you, how are you, or you're asked, quite often our response, our automatic response is, oh, really busy, or flat out, or yeah, a bit stressed. Yeah, we hear that word stressed a lot these days, don't we? We hear, the word, we hear people say that they're really busy. We hear people say that they're flat out. Today we're going to hear from God's word about rest. And uh, my prayer is that we all are challenged, that we are all uh, confronted with the amazing rest that we get in Christ. And um, let's pray. Father, we give thanks for this day. We give thanks that we can come here this morning and we can hear your word. We give thanks that your word is powerful. We give thanks for this psalm and pray that it will speak to our hearts. Pray that it will um, encourage us. Pray that it will open our eyes to the, to the amazing and perfect rest that we can have in you. Father, as we listen to Duncan this morning, we pray that he is, you'll give him the words to speak. That, Father, the Holy Spirit may move in this place and people may come to know you and your great love and your great rest. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Andrew is now going to bring us the Bible reading, after which Duncan will bring the message. Today's reading comes from Psalm 62. Truly, my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. Truly, he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. How long will you assault me? Would all of you throw me down? This leaning wall, this tottering fence? Surely they intend to topple me from my lofty place. They take delight in lies. With their mouths they bless, but in their hearts they curse. Yes, my soul finds rest in God. My hope comes from him, truly. He is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honour depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. Surely the lowborn are but a breath, the highborn are but a lie. If weighed on a balance, they are nothing. Together, they are only a breath. Do not trust in extortion or put vain hope in stolen goods. Though your riches increase, do not set your heart on them. One thing God has spoken, two things I have heard. Power belongs to you, God. And with you, Lord, is unfailing love, and you reward everyone according to what they have done. Thank you. Well, good morning, everyone. It's uh, great to be with you again today and to think about this wonderful psalm, probably one of my favourite psalms, I think. Uh, let me just pray briefly for us and then I'll dive in. Our Heavenly Father, please by your Spirit open your word to us. May we receive the incredible rest that you have for us. And may it change us deeply for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I read an article this week by a journalist called Natasha Moore. Natasha Moore. 
Uh, and the, the title of the article was, When Did Not Coping Become the New Normal? I thought that was a very, help, uh, very good title. Uh, and she said this, this was a quote from the article. Uh, she said, this, this week, a friend I haven't seen for a while said to me over lunch, we just don't seem to have our routine back yet. He and his wife had a third kid recently, moved to a new area, they're tired and everything just feels a bit harder than it should, like the treadmill's accidentally been set to an incline. And she reflects on it like this, uh, it's, been a growing, it's been growing like a refrain, like a consensus these past few months. Almost everyone I talk to tells the same story of feeling overwhelmed, of not quite coping, or nowhere near coping. Actually, they all tell different stories. Illness is a common theme, obviously, but also accidents, relationship breakdowns, workplace dramas, flood damage, mental health flare-ups, and on and on. All of us telling ourselves that the current circumstances are an exception, that things will ease us off soon, surely. Do most of us, post-lockdown, mid-2022, feel a bit like a plane teetering around on the runway, not quite getting off the ground with each attempt. Like butter scraped over too much bread, say. Well, I reckon lots of us can probably relate to that. Uh, seeing a few nods, uh, I reckon lots of us can relate to that. Um, but it raises the question for, you, for us, where will you go for rest? Where will you go for rest? If you were writing this psalm, how would you finish that first sentence? My soul finds rest in... How would you finish that sentence? Uh, it's hard to answer because there are actually there are endless options, right? There are endless options. My soul finds rest in Netflix. <laughs> My soul finds rest in that relationship. My soul finds rest in a bottle. My soul finds rest in pornography. Uh, maybe for you it's less tangible things like my soul finds rest in con control, a sense of control. My soul finds rest in being successful at school or at work. My soul finds rest in the approval and acceptance of other people around me. Could go on. It's endless options where we can look to for that rest in a restless world. Well, Psalm 62 was written by someone whose life was anything but restful. Um, he was written by David, the king of Israel. And before he became king, if you know anything about David's story, you'll know that he spent lots of his life on the run. He spent years on the run being hunted uh, by King Saul, the, the then king. And then once he was king, he faced opposition and even, uh, even betrayal from his own son. Uh, to the point where he had to flee for his life. He had to flee again. Uh, now, it's not, we can't be sure, but it, I think it's possible that it's at that point when he's on the run uh, as king, has been kicked out by his son Absalom. I think it's possible that it's at that point that David sits down and writes this psalm. It's clear in the psalm he's facing serious opposition and he's really aware of his own weakness and his fragility. You see that in verse 3? How long will you assault me? Would all of you throw me down this leaning wall, this tottering fence? He feels a bit like this. <laughs> or, or maybe like this next picture. 
That's a leaning wall, a tottering fence, you know, sort of just, just barely staying up. He knows that feeling of fragility and weakness, but he also knows the feeling of betrayal, of people who on the surface are nice to him, but behind the scenes are plotting for his destruction. You read that in verse 4. Surely they intend to topple me from my lofty place. They take delight in lies. With their mouths they bless, but in their hearts they curse. So David knows all of these hardships. But he also knows something that totally transforms how he responds to them. Uh, It's not just something. Of course, better than that, it's someone. He knows someone. And so he opens the psalm with these beautiful words in verse 1. Truly, my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from Him. Truly, He is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I shall never be shaken. In a restless world, David's soul finds rest in God alone. In a world full of threats, David looks to God alone to protect him and save him. God is his rock. That's a favourite image uh, in the Psalms for God. God being a rock. Uh, Something like this. Uh, the, The backdrop for the image is the desert. So David spent lots of time in the desert, um, often sort of fleeing for his life. And the sight of a rock like this would have brought relief, massive relief. It not only gave shade from the burning sun, uh, it might contain a spring of water. And it could be a hiding place against enemies who are pursuing him, a place of provision and protection. In the desert of life, faced with a harsh world, with enemies that want to bring him down, David knows that God is his solid rock, his fortress with whom he will never be shaken. God is his salvation. David knows what we looked at last week. The deepest restlessness that he experienced was from the guilt of his sin, Shannon brought that out to us last week from Psalm 32. This groaning all day long because of unconfessed sin and the the utter relief and rest David found in God's forgiveness and salvation when he repented of his sin and turned to God. He knows God as his rock. But then he he does something, it's easy to miss, but really important in verse 5. Does something in verse 5 that's really, and it's helpful to see the structure here. He starts the psalm by stating the truth that his rest is in God, his rock. Verse 1 Truly, my soul finds rest in God. And then in verse 5, he makes this very subtle but really important shift. He goes from stating something that's true to then speaking that truth into his own soul in verse 5. Truly, my soul finds rest in God, verse 1. Verse 5, yes, my soul, find rest in God. Find rest in God. I think this is so helpful. We can know something is true, right? (laughs) We can know something is true in our heads. But we always need to keep preaching that truth to ourselves. So that by the powerful working of God's Spirit... His word of truth becomes a living reality in our lives. 
there was a Welsh preacher last century called Martin Lloyd-Jones, and he, he was reflecting on a different psalm, Psalm 42, uh, and he pointed out this dynamic. He, he, said, he, he, he says that the, um, the main art in the matter of spiritual living is knowing how to handle yourself. And there's a quote here I'll read out. Oh, sorry, it's not on the screen, but just listen. Uh, he says, I, I can't do, I'd love to be able to do a Welsh accent, but I won't try. Uh, I just love the Welsh accent. Uh, he says, the, the main trouble in this whole matter of spiritual depression, in a sense, is this, that we allow ourselves to talk to us instead of talking to ourself. <laughs> That's very, we allow ourselves to talk to us instead of talking to ourself. Take those thoughts that come to you the moment you wake up in the morning. You've not originated them, but they start talking to you. They bring back the problem of yesterday. Someone is talking. Who is talking to you? Yourself is talking to you. Now, this man's treatment in Psalm 42 is the psalm he's reflecting on, where David says something kind of similar. This man's treatment is, was this. Instead of allowing this self to talk to him, he starts talking to himself. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? He asks. His soul had been repressing him, crushing him. So he stands up and says, Self, listen for a moment. I will speak to you. I just, it's so helpful just to acknowledge this, isn't it? That this kind of battle with ourself is, it's actually the common, normal experience of the Christian life. And David models it for us here. But there's one more thing I think it's really important to see in this first part. One more thing. Do you notice how it's through suffering that this happens for David? It's through suffering. He knows the truth that his soul finds rest in God. But as we've seen, his experience has so often been one of restlessness and, and oppression. And it's as if that suffering has become for David. It's not a sign that God's not there or that God doesn't love him. It's become for David an opportunity to lean more and more heavily into God. So that what David knows is true in his head becomes more and more true in his experience, in his heart, in his reality. All other sources of rest are stripped from him in his suffering. Suffering does that, right? Suffering does that. Strips away those other places where we look to for rest. It's why Christians can bizarrely see suffering, while not good in and of itself, but we can see it as a tool for our good in the hand of God. David could, he could at this point, he could descend into bitterness, right? He could descend into despair. But instead he says, what did Martin Lloyd-Jones say? He said, instead he says, self, listen for a moment. I will speak to you. And he urges his own soul to keep finding his rest in God and in God alone. And I think there's a real sense of that kind of urgency here. As his confession that he made at the start of this psalm is refined through his suffering. And so in verse 5 he says, Yes, my soul, find rest in God. My hope comes from Him. Truly, 
He is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I shall never be shaken. My salvation and my honour depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Friends, I reckon this psalm would have been incredibly precious to King David's greatest son, to the eternal King Jesus. I can imagine Jesus singing this psalm, maybe as he took himself away to the quiet places to pray, or as he faced his own suffering and opposition, as he faced the ultimate suffering of the wrath of God on the sin of the world, and he prayed, not my will but yours be done, Jesus was living out Psalm 62, confessing to his father, you are enough, my soul finds rest in you alone. But this psalm isn't just a psalm for the king, right? It's not just King David's psalm or King Jesus' psalm. In verse 8, David the king calls his people to join him in finding their rest in God. And friends, in Jesus, this call comes to you too. Verse 8. Trust in him at all times, you peoples. Pour out your hearts to him. For God is our refuge. Trust in him at all times. Trust in him when things are going well. Receive good, good times as his gift to be enjoyed. But don't trust in them. Trust in Him. Trust in Him when life crashes around you. Trust in Him then too. Not in your own strength and wisdom, but in His. Trust in Him. Trust in Him when it's going really well at church and when it's hard to gather. Trust in Him in July just as much as in January. Trust in him when you sin so that he can lift you up. Trust in him when you do well so that you can stay humble. Trust in him when you have much or when you have little, when you're sick or well, whether you're married or single, whether life is easy or hard right now, whether you're young or old, seven or seventy, at all times. Trust in him. Pour out your hearts to him. Because he is our refuge. Nobody and nothing else will do. Uh, That's what verse 9 and 10 are about. Verse 9 and 10. Surely the lowborn are but a breath, the highborn are but a lie. If weighed on a balance, they are nothing. Together they're only a breath. Do not trust in extortion or put vain hope in stolen goods. Though your riches increase, do not set your heart on them. That word breath in verse 9 is the same one that's used in Ecclesiastes that sometimes translated meaningless, meaningless everything. It it means something like a vapour, a mist. It's something that's fleeting. You try to grasp onto it, but you close your hand on nothing. I I was trying to think of a way to illustrate that. We didn't have a kid's talk earlier, but I I do want to try and illustrate that for everyone. And have still still got a helper? You want to come up and help me, Nate? Come on up, buddy. Let's give Nate a clap. Thank you, bud. Come on up. Okay. So, I'm going to come over here, and we're going to try and illustrate this. There's a step around the other side. You go up onto 
your rock. Oh, you don't need to step, of course. Okay, so this, Nate, is your rock. Uh, is it sturdy? Very sturdy. Yeah, is it stable? Yes. It'll hold you up? Yeah. Can you stand up? Can you move around? Can you sit down? Yeah. You're good to rest on? Okay, right. Now here's what I want you to do. All right. I want you to do all those same things, but I want you to do it in midair over here. Okay? Okay, so you're going to do it in midair right here, but I'm going to help you. Okay? I'm going to help you because I've got some mist. I'm going to spray some mist, and the mist, we're going to see if the mist can hold you up while you do those same things. Okay, you ready? So let's go. All right, I'm going to spray the mist, and I want you to do the same things you're just doing in midair right up here. Okay? Let's go. All right. Go, 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 go. <laughs> oh, let's give him a clap. Thanks, mate. <laughs> Good on you, Nate. <laughs> God is a rock. In these verses, David says, uh, compared with God, everything else is a mist. <laughs> it's vapour. It's... It can't take your weight. And, and what David does in these verses is he picks out two really common, two common sources of rest, two places we often look to for help, uh, to, to know that everything's okay, that we can be at peace. Verse 9, he talks about people, either high-born or low-born, kings or servants, everyone in between, friends, family, a spouse, potential spouse, uh, if, if you look to fallen human people for your ultimate source of rest, for your sense that, okay, everything's going to be okay, then you're heading for a fall. And you'll, you'll actually end up damaging those people as well because they can't take that weight. Neither can you. Only one person can. So don't trust, don't put your trust in mist, a vapour, when the rock of ages is calling you. It's the same with money in verse 10. The yearning for money is a so as a source of rest is huge. Uh, it can, it, verse 10 it says we, it can lead people to extortion and theft, but however it comes, the psalm urges us not to set our hearts on riches. They're remiss too. They're fleeting. Um, it, this is a great temptation for everyone in our society, I think to set our hearts on riches, on material possessions, on financial security. People, money, David could go on, right? He could have gone on and talked about any number of other things that we're tempted to find our rest in. But the point is that nothing, no matter how strong it looks, how much it promises to satisfy your soul, nothing and nobody else can deliver that rest. There is only one source of true, eternal rest. And in verses 11 and 12, David beautifully describes him. Verse 11, one thing God has spoken, two things I have heard. Just a way of emphasizing what he's about to say. Power belongs to you, God. And with you, Lord, is unfailing love. And you reward everyone according to what they have done. This is what you need for this kind of soul rest. You need a rock, a fortress, 
A refuge who is both powerful and loving. What did we just sing before? Both strong and kind. If he's just powerful and not loving, you can't trust him, right? He's a tyrant. If he's just loving and not powerful, he can't save you. But the one true and living God who from eternity exists in a loving union of three, Father, Son and Spirit, who created all things, sustains all things, will renew all things according to his good plan and purpose. That God is the God of matchless power and unfailing love. He proved it. He has proved it ultimately at the cross where he turned away his wrath on sin by taking it on himself, where death is destroyed and life and peace is offered to those who turn to him in repentance and faith. And did you notice right at the end there, he's the God of justice who won't let any evil be swept under the carpet. That's how the psalm ends. It kind of broadens our vision out to the justice of God and I think to the ultimate justice of God when he will judge the world in righteousness and truth. See, friends, this is a restless world. We all know that. But a day of eternal rest is coming. A day of real eternal rest. Not not everyone will enter that rest. Only those who belong to Jesus, their King, who by faith are covered in his righteousness, will be welcomed into his eternal and wonderful rest. So come to him. Come to him. Jesus invites you to do that. Come to me, Jesus says, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. When we follow our King Jesus and we say, yes, my soul, find your rest in God. When we pour out our hearts to him, when we repent of our sin and we persevere through suffering, what we're doing is we're casting our vision forward to that great day when our strivings will cease. And what we're doing is we're praying that by his spirit, God would take that sure promise and help us to stand on it, to rest on him as our solid rock and on nothing else. I want to finish our time by inviting us all to confess this psalm aloud together. Um, and after that, actually, we're going to go straight into the song. So, Musos, if you want to come up to the stage now, um, and everyone else, please stand. And we're going to make this psalm our own prayer, our own psalm. I'll lead you in it and invite you to say this psalm. Here's the, the confession of David the King, of Jesus our great King, that he welcomes us to take as our own through faith in him. So Psalm 62. Let's say this psalm together. Truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. Truly he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. How long will you assault me? 
Would all of you throw me down this leaning wall, this tottering fence? Surely they intend to topple me from my lofty place. They take delight in lies. With their mouths they bless, but in their hearts they curse. Yes, my soul, find rest in God. My hope comes from him. Truly, he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honour depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in him at all times, dear people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. Surely the lowborn are but a breath, the highborn are but a lie. If weighed on a balance, they are nothing. Together they are only a breath. Do not trust in extortion or put vain hope in stolen goods. Though your riches increase, do not set your heart on them. One thing God has spoken. Two things I have heard. Power belongs to you, God. And with you, Lord, is unfailing love. And you reward everyone according to what they have done.
please take a seat, friends, and please join me in your hearts as I lead us in prayer together. Our Heavenly Father, our great God, truly our souls do find their rest in you alone. Our salvation comes from you alone, and it has come richly and stunningly in Jesus. Thank you for him, our powerful, saving King and Lord. Uh, truly, he is our rock and our salvation and our fortress. We will never be shaken. Please help us, uh, each and every one of us here today, to find our rest in him, uh, to trust in him at all times, and to pour out our hearts to him, to you, our Father, knowing you are good and loving and faithful. Thank you that in your great love, you've provided such a gentle, loving and mighty king for your people. Thank you that through trusting in Jesus, you welcome us into your eternal family, uh, the church, uh, as beloved members of the body of Christ. Thank you for local churches like this one, where we can experience here and now some of the great joys of life together as your redeemed people, loving and serving one another and being built up together through your word by your spirit. We thank you that we can extend the same gracious welcome that you give us to all who come to Trinity Church, Victor Harbour. We thank you for our welcoming teams and we pray for the members of our welcoming teams as they warmly and genuinely and intentionally welcome all who come into our doors. We pray that you would bless them as they serve you in your kingdom, as they serve us. Um, by providing uh, a welcome each time we gather each Sunday and to our newcomers too as they come, visitors. Uh, we do pray for our, our new, newest folk at Trinity Church. We thank you for those that have joined us in the, the past months, those that have attended our, our newcomer lunch as well and belong, and we pray that you'd um, just really help them to settle among us and uh, just help us to really love and care for them and build us up together in unity and love. Um, we um, pray, we thank you for the fact that we can serve each other with the unique gifts you've given us uh, for the glory of Christ and the building up of his kingdom. So thank you for the many and varied ways that so many of your people here at Trinity are faithfully serving, whether that be formally on one of our teams or informally. Please continue to unite us in love and to motivate us by your grace to serve one another enthusiastically, uh, not for human approval, but on, uh, in response to the perfect approval we have already uh, with you in Christ. We do pray uh, today for those who are sick among us in our church family, those who are uh, suffering and struggling in various ways uh, with COVID, with, um, with illness, uh, with recovery from surgery, with old age. We pray uh, that they would know your, uh, your love, that they would know your care. We pray that we would care for them too and touch base with them during the week and encourage them in the gospel and to pray for them too. We pray for our sister churches uh, at Mount Barker and Allgate and Woodcroft and also the two, two of the new churches at Mile End and Campbelltown. Please uh, bless them, please uh, use them in their communities to bring the good news of Jesus to those who have never heard. We pray also for our South Coast Christian Community Care and the important work that they do, providing 
uh, food and other essentials to the most needy in our community. Uh, we give you thanks for the leadership staff and volunteers and we pray for opportunities for them to meet the deepest need of the people they serve by introducing them to Jesus. We pray that some will come to find salvation and rest for their souls in him. We pray the same for us here at Trinity Church. We pray for wisdom and courage and opportunities to share the gospel with those in our community so that more and more lives will be transformed by the good news of Jesus throughout the whole Flurio region and beyond. Please continue your great transforming work in us uh, and through us for your glory. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Shane. So that brings us towards the end of our service this morning. Thank you so much for coming, especially uh, anyone who's visiting with us this morning. I hope you enjoyed our service and have felt welcome. Uh, please hang around for tea and coffee afterwards. Uh, challenge you all to go and speak to someone that you don't uh, normally speak, speak to. Um, if you're giving to the church via cash, don't forget the everything box just out the back there. Don't forget to tear off slips. Uh, if you'd like someone to contact you or you'd like something, a prayer for something or you're new, uh, please fill that out as well. Um, and don't forget, Bible studies start again this week. And so uh, be, ready for, be ready for that this week, back in the Bible study groups. If you're not in a Bible study group, don't forget to talk to Steve or Duncan or, or someone about joining a Bible study group. It's a great chance uh, for us to get together as brothers and sisters in Christ um, and learn more about him. Our final uh, song today we're going to stand is My Worth Is Not In What I Own. So let's all stand and sing our final song.
cards don't forget my challenge grab this and pray about uh, signing up to get the, the prayer letters and also to support um, in your uh, notes in your um, booklet this morning down the bottom there's a little um, line that Duncan wrote yes my soul find rest in God I loved what he said that don't let yourself speak to us but let us speak to ourselves yeah and that's a great line to say so at the end if you've got that grab that because at the end of my prayer, I'm going to say, and let's say together, and we're going to say, yes, my soul find rest in God. So if you can find that right down the bottom there, or if you can remember it, yes, my soul find rest in God. Let's pray. Father, I give thanks that you love us and you care for us. I give thanks, Father, that you are a God of love, that you are a God of power, and that you are a God of justice. Help us to find rest in you alone. We give thanks, Father, that you are our rock, that you are a trustworthy refuge, and that we can come to you. Help us not to lean on other things that fade away, not to trust in that mist, but to trust in you. And Father, as we go out this week, help us to love and serve you in all that we do. And let us say together, yes, my soul find rest in God. Amen. Have a great week. God bless.
say